video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. Welcome to the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast with myself, Jess. Hi, Craig is with me. Hello. Angie is Bleak. not. His current whereabouts is unknown. He is supposed to be in attendance. He is not in attendance at this present moment in time, but we have decided to plod along. Yes, he has not accounted for his whereabouts, so he might be about to bust in the door. Or he might be stuck up a tree. Or he might be having a pee. Oh, here we go. We'll keep you updated as the podcast. In rhyming form, because yes. that would be good. I'll wrap it next time. Okay, thanks very much. Um, yeah, so if you don't know us, we are a group of Scottish gamers, group being two this week. Um, we host a weekly podcast every Friday, and we also publish written game reviews over at puredeadgaming.com and some video content as well. We've had an Elden Ring DLC update, a Nintendo Direct this week. Games have been played, movies have been watched, Domino's cream egg cookies have been delivered. Um, what what show this is going to be without Andy? <laughs> he picked a week to miss, I tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, subscribers to the podcast may have spotted a new episode of Pure Dead PlayStation drop earlier in the week. This is our supplementary podcast focusing on all things PlayStation, so go give that a listen if you've not already. There's some review discussions on Banisher, Pacific Drive and Helldivers if you're interested in those games. Pure Dead Xbox show will be dropping at the end of the month, so if you've not already subscribed, then just hit that little button so you'll be notified when a new episode drops. Apart from Apple, there was a delay this week, apologies about that, don't know what, don't know what went wrong there. Apple. It's just Apple being yeah, Apple. Yeah. Get a better po- podcast app. Yeah. Get I'm, a better phone. I'm a little bit sad. I know I'm not the only user, but Google Podcasts is disappearing at some point. I don't I actually you know are when. The only user. I'm not. Um, somebody else on the Discord, I can't remember who, but I'm not the only user. <laughs> but I do need a new. This is this is my app. thoughts on the matter, right? Okay. That no one asked for. <laughs> <laughs> See if you're using Google Podcasts or you're using Apple Podcasts, Mm -hmm. you're showing absolutely no invention or innovation because you've just went, that'll do. The one that comes built in. It shows an extreme laziness and an aversion to bettering yourself because there's so so many better podcasts out there. It's unreal. Podcast apps, sorry. You say that. I know better podcasts. (laughs) Um, You say that. There's no better podcasts out here than this. Who else is eating cream egg fucking biscuits that you can listen to um the issue i have though is that i have tried out a few others but i like the simplistic ui that google podcast offers me some of the other ones have too many buttons and to add oh there's some howlers out there you just need to get the right one right you just need to try a few on i'm also a light mode i'm a light mode gal over here i don't do this dark mode shit 
there was there's there is one app i can't even remember what it is but it's automatically now dark and i'm like whoa there'll be an option to change back well I, i'm not sure i can't remember what it is but yeah so that's my thoughts on the matter no i'll make you see the light don't worry well i'm gonna have to at some point when it disappears uh-huh. or stops working or whatever's gonna happen yes yeah so we got a right in from andrew presumably not andy who's not present um, oh <laughs> Maybe maybe he's outside the bush right then. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he says, are the team actually going to go through with this cream egg cookie tasting sesh? I had the pleasure at the weekend and really enjoyed them. Not sure how they'd fare in a coffee, but they'd polish off a pizza superbly. Yes, so I went along to Greg. Greg's. <laughs> Jesus, man. It's been a long week. I went along to Domino's, right? Placed the order on the app. Yep. Went along. Went in. Hoped the place was pretty quiet because it's odd. Right? Aye, just just Aye. buying the cookies. Yeah. Didn't buy a pizza Aye. or nothing. Just just cookies. Aye. Not not the case. Heaving heaving on a Wednesday night, right? <laughs> Eight o'clock. Oh, football's on, isn't it? Aye. And so I walk up. Collection for Craig, right? She brings she bring the girl brings over. Oh my god, Lunar one up. What? Right, <sighs> fantasy queen. Jeeps. Right, sorry. Continue. So the woman brings over the box with the the cookies in it, and she's like, "Oh, um, I forgot your pizzas." And I was like, "No, there's no, there's no pizzas. It's just, it's just the cookies." And she was like, "Oh, oh, right, that's a weird order." And I went, "It gets weirder. It's for a podcast." <laughs> I don't know why. And she was like. What have you got, like a food critic podcast or something? Like that? I said, No, it's called Pure Dead Gaming. And she was like, And, and that's about gaming. I was like, Loosely. <laughs> and she was like, What are you going to do with them? I says, We're tasting them on the podcast because we're big fans of cream eggs. And she, and she was like, I'm going to give that a listen. Oh, great. Yeah. I didn't catch I didn't catch her name, but we might have a new listener this week. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that they're going to be bad. I think they're just going to be filthy, rich of chocolate sugarness. I think they're like, going to be a fucking rip-off because we're six ninety nine and you get two. I just assumed that it was the normal situation <laughs> where you get four and that we'd, me, you and Andy would have had one and then we'd have had one left over that we could have fought over. But, I mean, it's almost a blessing in disguise that he hasn't appeared. But they had to cut one in half. Yeah, right. Guess one over then. So it does say that this contains an entire cream egg. And to be fair to it, it does look the size that it could. In fact, mine actually looks yeah. like it's just got a cream egg baked into the middle. And, <laughs> and roundness, yeah. But it, it's, I mean, it's not huge, although I don't think I'd want it any bigger. That's what she said. <laughs> heard that before (laughs) interestingly genuinely mine looks like it's a cookie and someone sat a cream egg on the top of it and then put a little bit of cookie batter over the top that seems extremely lazy but i don't know how dominoes roll these days but yeah let's we'll we'll eat it and we'll cut out the noise of us eating and we'll (laughs) and then we'll 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 reconvene hmm so Obviously, it's warm. Yes. And I don't think I've had a warm cream egg before. You have, because you put it in a coffee, but I've never... I've never... Different texture for you. Yeah, I've never had the centre warm before. Right. 
Um, Feels like you're trying to be intentionally dirty here. <laughs> I'm not, genuinely not. Um, essentially, it tasted like a cream egg inside a Domino's cookie. That is what what it what, is what I expected it to be. I thought it was fantastic. It was good. It, it was, was a really, lot. It, it was really good. It I was did, a dessert. It was a dessert. Yeah, and I also feel like because we were doing this on a podcast, I felt like I ate it quicker than I normally would because I try to get it finished. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was lovely. really good. I'd be happy if they added that to their menu full time. They won't, obviously. But do you not think the seasonal aspect of it makes it more of a treat when it comes around and the excitement builds up? That's true. If they bring it back next year. That's how market works, Craig. That's true. That was really good. I really enjoyed that. That was that was good. Yes. Recommended. Highly recommended. It essentially was, though, a cookie with a cream egg sat on it and then a little bit of cookie batter over it. Mm-hmm. But it was really good. I think, though, I could probably replicate something like that with some homemade cookie dough and a cream egg. I don't think it'd be too difficult. Right, next week, because <laughs> I want more of them. <laughs> Right, you could do that for next week. We'll keep the box and we'll just pretend to Andy that that's. <laughs> yes. Do you want to? I'll do a, a, a batch test first. Oh, test batch first. I, I'm all in for this. This is fantastic. <laughs> what a turn of events this has been. Yes. A okay. thousand times yes. Okay. Um, before we move on, we have another write in from JTops who said, I was really hoping that Phil and the crew were going to shoot down the Xbox games to PlayStation rumour last week, but it really now feels like the four games are just the beginning. After a week to digest, what are the pure dead team's thoughts? Um, I think the fact that we are sort of console agnostic. It's not something that's going to upset me or yeah. or you. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's obviously many a meltdown online. We're going to have more news. The, the four games have now been announced. We they are the games that we thought they were, and to me, those four games aren't really a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I've said before, and I'll say again, like my my stance remains the same. I want more console exclusives rather than less. I want reasons to have to own every system. Like, I think I spoke about this briefly on the PlayStation podcast. Like, I think Helldivers 2, that, like, for Sony, that makes perfect sense to put it in PC day one because with live service games like that, you want them to have an install base. Yeah, you need that player base. And so, Grounded, Sea of Thieves, absolutely. I don't think many, I mean, there will obviously be some lunatics, but I don't think many reasonable Xbox fans would be raging about those. Mm. And I think even with Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush, they're low enough profile that you'd be like, aye, all right. Like, mm-hmm. I think the conversation would be different if it had been Starfields coming over. Yeah. Or, yeah, when Indiana Jones comes out, that's going to come day one to PlayStation. But at the same point, there clearly is going to be more of this. Mm-hmm. Like, Phil Spencer, he, they did that podcast and then straight after it finished, there was about five articles went up and each one of them seemed to, in various stages, sort of walk what they'd said back almost. Like, they're clearly leaving the door open. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of testing the water. They'll see how these perform and that will probably indicate thereafter what they do, probably. Yeah, I I think that is part of their thought, but at the same point, if that is what they're doing, I find that strange as well. Because, I don't know, if you want to see how 
Xbox games are going to perform on PlayStation, Pentiment's not the one. Mm. Like, I love that game. I'm buying it on PlayStation. If it, that game's got a platinum, it's getting bought. <laughs> Absolutely one of the best games of 2022. I fucking loved it. But, I mean, what Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush sell is not indicative of what a Gears collection would sell. Yeah, or that what is true. Halo would sell. Or Fair what point. Indiana Jones would sell. So, I do think that is part of their thoughts, but... I remember hearing, I can't remember what podcast it was, but there was someone had said that it was an interesting, I think it was a write-in. And I don't necessarily think, I don't know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but someone had wrote in and said, is it possible that Microsoft higher-ups went to Phil and went to Sarah Bond and the team and went, we need to test the waters, Xbox games going to PlayStation and Switch and see how this will do. Phil... Sarah Bond, I think they're against putting Xbox games on PlayStation. Mm. And so it was up to them to make the decision. And they went, put them those games over. They won't do particularly well. And then we can go, see, no point. Mm. I don't think that's out the realms of possibility. I don't think it is what happened. But I thought it was an interesting bit of commentary. Yeah. Just that if they don't want it to go ahead, those would be perhaps games you would choose. Yeah, I suppose it's a time will tell situation, isn't it? Um... Yeah, it is. But I, th- I think I think you are going to get more. There's no way. I, I just don't see why would you put these specific four and then just go and that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, last food related follow up <laughs> for our food podcast. Yes. Following last week, I did go into Greg's on the hunt for a hot. Um, yum 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 yum. Mm. Were you couldn't... successful? No, not yet. So I went in and I couldn't see any. Now I'm getting at like half seven in the morning. So perhaps I think you did say it was that we're looking into a sort of like evening style menu. So maybe yeah, it was yeah. something they would have later on. Um, but I said to them, I was like, "Have you any hot yum yums with a pack of yum yums in my hand? Like, as <laughs> <laughs> if they're going to heat these up." And the girl was like, uh, "No, no, we don't." I take it you watched the documentary. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just went, yeah, we've had a lot of that. <laughs> I was like, right, sounds good, but I did it. <laughs> but I think they are, they are in some Greg's just now. Yeah, That's just not one of the select few, yeah, apparently. I see, I see. So yeah, I'll continue to shop around. Frequent Greg's, yeah, good one. Uh, okay. We are nearing the end of February, Craig, but if you are wondering what games are still to be released this month, then let me tell you. Brothers, a Tale of Two Sons remake comes out February 28th. So this game was an indie hit back when it first came out in 2013. It got like an 85, 86 on like PS3 and Xbox 360. And it tells the heartbreaking story of two siblings' adventure across a fantasy world. We got an announcement for this at the Game Awards at the end of last year saying that it was being remade. Um, interestingly, this didn't didn't have a co-op support at launch. That was added in later. Yeah, so I think both controllers in the initial release were controlled on the same controller, so each was tied to like an individual joystick. Uh, the Switch port that came out did add in the local co-op, and this remake has included that as a staple, so... Yeah, it's interesting. I, 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 it seems like my type of game. I don't know. It, it kind of similar to maybe like it takes two and unravel. Oh yeah, like, definitely. It's the inspiration's clear. Yeah, 
Um, obviously, it's had a massive graphical upgrade. If you look at the trailer, you can see the kind of lighting, fidelity, and character design have all had big enhancements. So yeah, I, I, obviously, I never played this when it first came out, but it does seem like my kind of little puzzle platformer type one, you know, type of game that that I usually kind of gravitate towards. Yeah, um, I think it looks really good. Again, I didn't play it either when it first came out, and then I think. I think it just sort of passed me by at initial release. Then when I was more aware of it, it would have been around at the time when it came out for Switch and it had that update. Mm-hmm. And despite my admiration for co-op, <laughs> I, I just didn't manage to get on it at the time. But then obviously we loved A Way Out. Yeah. We loved uh, It Takes Two. Do we play this together, Craig, then? Because I was just going to jump in myself, because you can still play it solo. Oh, can you still play it solo? Uh, yeah. But maybe we do local co-op, couch co-op at Craigie. Although you've still not played Mate Tekken, so... I thought we'd, I thought we'd forgotten about that. No, I, no. Haven't, I haven't forgot about that, no. Right, okay. Well, right, you want to set up a match then? Yeah, you want to set up a match. Right. I asked you that multiple times off air and you just keep knowing me. I just thought you were all talk. I don't think you wanted this. <laughs> Because I'll bring it. Right, well, I'll bring yeah. the whole kitchen sink. What's the stakes? I don't know. Aye, backed into a corner now. <laughs> do we go wherever we think about it? <laughs> bring, bring me your terms next week. Right, okay, we'll do. Bring we'll me do. your terms. Um, yeah, so I, I think, yeah, we might possibly both play this one. I'm drowning in games at the moment, but I think it is quite short. But see, to be fair, I, I think it will be the type of game then that you'd be able to... So you could be playing it, play the first hour or two, I could jump in, do a wee bit of it with you, and then you could continue solo and stuff oh, like that as well. Yeah, so, maybe. yeah, we'll, we'll pick up regardless. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Star Wars Dark Forces Remaster comes out February 28th, and this rebuilds the classic 1995 first-person shooter with cutscenes featuring 3D models and illustrated characters instead of relying on animated sprites. Well, the visuals of the gameplay have not changed substantially, Night Dive's Kex engine has allowed for the visuals to be upscaled to 4K resolution, 60 frames a second gameplay, widescreen support and the ability to better adjust your controls to fit your preferred style of gameplay compared to what you would have done, what, three decades ago uh, when the game was first playable. So, yeah. As a not very big Star Wars fan, <laughs> I have never played the original. I was shocked. I don't have much interest in playing this version either, although did hear relatively straightforward Platinum. Oh, I was about to tell you this, Craig. So almost all of the achievements seem to be kind of linked to missions objectives, so might be a wee easy 1000G slash Platy. Yep, yep. So it's definitely not completely out of my radar mm-hmm. after hearing that. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out February 29th. So this is the second game of a planned three-game remake of the classic RPG while also expanding further the story of the original. Even if you have never played Final Fantasy before, like me, are confused or intimidated, like me, about where to start, these two kind of Final Fantasy VII remakes are probably a good place to start, would you say? I never played the full game, the full original game. Stopped about four hours in. Uh, I did play Remake back in 2020, and I'm actually playing it again now because I'm trying to get the Platinum. 
It's a wee kind of side bet, a wee side hustle I've got going on. Right. I was told I was told it wasn't possible. I was told I wasn't capable. So I took that to heart. Uh, and I'm giving it my I'm giving it the old college try. Okay. Uh, at the moment. But it's definitely a good jumping in point. I think it's the, the remake was very, very good. I remember back in 2020 playing it and obviously replaying it now as well is sort of bringing that back. Like when I played it in 2020, I loved it then. But as time's passed and as I jumped into Final Fantasy 16, really enjoyed it, but didn't see it through. Although they are different mechanically, I was like, was Final Fantasy 7 Remake really that good? Or was I just in the mood for it at the time? Mm. Playing it again just now, I'm like, no, it is really, really good. So I think it is a good jumping on point for people. I mean, don't play this one yeah. unless you've played Remake yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's part two of a three-part story. Yes. But yeah, I'd, I'd actually, there's a demo out just now on PlayStation 5 that was actually just updated today uh, with further enhancements. And I've purposely stayed away from that because I knew it would lure me into playing it. And it's not that I'm against playing it. I'm going to play it at some point, but I don't think I'm going to play it at launch. Okay. I'm going to try and get this platinum first. And then I've got other games on the go as well. So I think I will play it, but I don't think I'll play it at launch unless I make a miraculous run through the games I'm currently playing. Mm. Okay. Um, but no, I definitely do plan on playing it at some point. It looks really good. Yeah. If you do plan to play it at launch and you're looking for a physical copy of the game, Good old curries. I've got twenty percent off pre-orders, so it's down from sixty nine ninety nine to fifty five ninety nine. If you use the code Rebirth twenty at checkout, so no commission for that. I'm just giving you fun facts and savings. There you go. Thank me later. Uh, and lastly, this week, welcome to Paradise with a Z, not the Green Day song Paradise. For zombie. Yes. Oh, I didn't put that together. Thanks for pointing that out. Really? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so this comes out February 29th. It was previously known as Project Paradise. Um, developer... they're, they're married to the Z. Yes, I see that. Uh, developer Eco Software has renamed their co-op open world survival game to Welcome to Paradise. It's set for release on PC via Steam, PlayStation 5 and Xbox series. And it touts a new genre of game sees players progress solo or with up to four players in co-op in an offbeat and story-driven open world. You've got to learn to survive by mastering a range of game mechanics such as crafting, defending camps, combat and, quote, zombie hacking. Uh, so the story goes that the apocalypse dropped and thanks to billionaire genius Playboy and full, uh, full-on rapist. <laughs> <laughs> Philanthropist. <laughs> Nice always sunny reference there, good. <laughs> uh, Jeff Tusk of Tusk Industries, um, he's created some sort of zombot hacking helmet which allows a person to take control of a zombie and live through the apocalypse without worry. Yeah, so I really like the look of this game. See what you described there, nothing against your delivery, but yeah, you're it, like, right. <sighs> it sounds a bit samey, you've been here before. Oh, like... An open world zombie game, you can play it yourself or with other people. I mean, you could throw a fucking dart in any direction and hit one of these games. But I really like the look of this. Like, it's, an, iso it's an isometric game, which is straight away is up my alley. Mm. Like, I just, I really like the graphical style. I think it's doing a really good job of not 
taking itself too seriously. Like so, yeah, like you say, with this helmet, you can get you can basically have a wee zombie sidekick. But there was a clip I saw, and I do have a demo of this game downloaded, but I just haven't had a chance to play it. But you, when you put the helmet on them, they will then fight for you. But you can also jump up and get a cokey back off them to go faster. So you can almost use them as like oh a wee God. horse and see the animation okay. when you're just on a, getting a cokey back off this zombie and you're just trotting along. It looks it looks really, really fun. Um, I'm in. I, I really want to play this. I think it just... Isometric games straight away get me. I just, I would really like that perspective and it looks like a really detailed world as well and i just i like the humor that it's going for it's one of these games that i would have expected to only be launching on pc and i'm really happy it's coming to console day and yeah. date yeah definitely um so yeah there you have it a week of remakes remasters rebirths and zombies fantastic yep uh, there's also some new additions to the xbox game pass library february wave two i think we refer to it as um so out already is action rpg tales of arise and first person 60s retro sci-fi adventure return to grace in which you must uncover a mystery surrounding the shutdown of a lost ai god we've got bluey the video game is also there if you have kids who are fans of the animated show perhaps one to check out um, less kiddie and cutesy is Man Eater, which will be available from the 27th and enables you to chow down on smaller sea life and people alike as a gigantic mutated shark. That's cool. That's cool. If anyone hasn't played that, that is a fun game. Mm. Difficult initial learning curve. Like, because okay. you are the shark, aren't you? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. And you you start off as just like a regular. Not a baby shark, but a small shark. Ah, yes. And then I you, remember. Yeah. And it's you, all flooding back to me now. And you do you do get bigger, but then you turn into a fucking monstrosity by the end. You get upgrades where you can get like metal teeth and like a fucking helmet and okay. But it's cool. But it's it is actually quite difficult. Mm. Fun uh, platinum. Fun platinum. Okay. Madden Madden NFL twenty four also hits Xbox Game Pass next week on the twenty seventh and Indivisible returns to the Game Pass library from the 28th. It's already been on it before, but it's got, I don't know why they've done that. Mm. Um, and then, Can I get enough? Yep. And Space Engineers rounding out the month. And then on March 5th, you've got Warhammer 40,000 Bolt Gun Brings the 90s style Boomer Shooter to Game Pass. I think people are a little bit excited about that one. Doesn't tickle my pickle, but hopefully it gets somebody hard. Next up on our running order is Guess That Game, where we put your gaming knowledge to the test. However, we cannot guess without an Andy. We guess cannot. where Andy is. Don't yeah. know. Well, that's that could be the game this week. I've just checked my phone and he was still last online at 17.38. So he may have been abducted by aliens and might be in the middle of a probing right now. Maybe we shouldn't Stay be taking tuned. the piss. You genuinely think he's okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to give it until at least Saturday before I report I'm missing. <laughs> okay, well... In I that... will not be jumping the gun. Yeah. In that case, we will move to what we've been playing this week then. Yes, well, I have enough work this week, which has been fantastic. I've had oh, a lovely right. time. Yes. It's been really good. It's been an actual week off as well. Mm-hmm. Not like that last one where they pulled me back in mm-hmm. from home. This week it's been laptop fucked off in the corner. Let's get some gaming done. And game I have. <laughs> so I would say for the most part I've been playing Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden. It's really good. 
really, really good. Like I think I spoke about it briefly last week. It wasn't too far in. And not that my thoughts have changed. Like so I think most people know by now it's it's like a sort of spiritual successor to Vampire, which I loved. I still don't know if I love it as much as that. Okay. Like it has elements that are better, but it also has elements that I don't think it is good. Like in Vampire, you had real decisions that were difficult to make and impacted the world. And so far, the decisions that I'm making here, I'm like, I, I don't like you people. Like, I'm not, mm. I have no issue with your fate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm, I won't lose no sleep because you're a cunt and you're a cunt and you're a cunt. And is there a, can I, can I just drop a nuke on the lot of you? Do you know what I mean? Whereas in Vampire, you were like, you had this interesting mechanic where to level up, you had to feed on people because you you'd been turned into a vampire. And so these people were all at heart good people. And so you had to decide whether to feed on them to get stronger or not to be a better person. Mm -hmm. But that made the game harder. Yeah. And if you did feed on people, it had real world implications because there was like different burrows in the world. And if you had like, I don't know, feasted on four people from a certain burrow, that when you would return to it, it would be more run down and in worse condition. And so I'm not seeing that, I don't know, I'm not seeing knock-on effects from my actions yet. Mm. And like I say, each person so far that I've had to sort of decide the fate of, I'm like, don't give a fuck. Like, you're a horrible, horrible person and you deserve everything you're going to get. So that could obviously change. I've, I've got a lot, to, I've got a long, a long way still to go, but uh no, I, I do. I really like it. I think I was maybe slightly harsh on the graphics. They're not amazing, but as I get further in, there's less rough edges. I think at the first, there's a lot of speaking to different NPCs and some of them are quite rough and the world is a little bit restrictive in terms of like your exploration. But once you get further in, I don't know, I feel like some of those cracks sort of seal over and it, at times it does look like a really nice game um, and a special shout out to the male voice actor that plays Red McCraith he's fucking phenomenal like it's just really really good a genuine Scottish portrayal like I said this on the Pure Dead PlayStation podcast but there's so often I mean not so often because it's not very often we get a Scottish character yeah. certainly not a Scottish lead but I feel like in the past, you'll maybe have someone with a Scottish accent, but they won't speak in a Scottish dialect. Mm. So they'll have a Scottish accent, but they'll be speaking in such a way that other people from around the world will understand them. Whereas this one's very true to the Scottish dialect. So like he'll turn around and say, like, aye, those wains are over there. Like, and loads of folk won't know what yeah. that means. Oh, so. there be people googling, "What the fuck is a Wayne?" Oh, it's a, it's a kid. All right, okay. And I, I feel like a lot of games wouldn't go to that level. Like they would be like, "Oh, we can't do that because people won't understand." Mm. And I'm like, "Well, fuck you," because I understand and I'm loving this. Mm. It's really good. Uh, so from that aspect, I'm really liking it. And I do like the combat as well. And Vampire, it was very divisive. I would say. Uh, I remember at first really not liking it myself 
and getting quite frustrated because at the time there wasn't difficulty options either. So you were just stuck with it and it was really quite hard. There was like a stamina gauge as well. So if you went into sort of gung-ho, you would end up knackered and be unable to like swing your sword, was a sword? I can't even remember now, um, or your hatchet or whatever you had. And so it's much refined in Banishers. Like I ended up really enjoying it in Vampire as well, but in Banishers, they've sort of simplified it a bit. And I did see some reviews that said it's it's a bit throwaway, but I don't know. I think that's doing it a little bit of a disservice. I do feel that... I, I think it's fun. There's a lot of kind of cool moves and you do get some sort of meaningful upgrades as well that make it better. Um, no, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. And for people that are over on the Xbox side, like... This game's very God of War. Mm. You can see the influences oh, all yeah, over the place. Just balloon, I, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, even visually, like you're walking up and open chests all the time, but just in terms of the over the shoulder, the way the character moves, like there's so many. It's just instantly, it seems like God of War. And so if you're over on the Xbox side, like this is a very good, I don't know, like almost alternative but it also has these RPG mechanics and these like sort of branching paths that's mm. added on quite cool as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would I would highly recommend it. My worry is that it won't sell particularly well, um, but I hope it does. Mm. Uh, I've also played a bit more Tomb Raider Two remastered. I don't have much more to say on it. It still looks much better. It's quite frustrating to control. If you have nostalgia for the originals, I would recommend this, especially at twenty four ninety nine. Like for the first three games, I think that's a really good price. If you are going into it for the first time, I wouldn't recommend it because I think you'll just get frustrated. Yeah, that... I saw a streamer playing it. I think it's a can't remember her name, but she was just losing her mind with it and being like, "I really, really enjoyed the most recent Tomb Raider trilogy." So I thought I would like this, and I really wanted to see where Tomb Raider began but this is fucking unplayable. And I get it. Mm. Like, it's, I don't know, it was a different world back then. I do you know, know what I mean? Like, these, really these games were all made without an analogue stick. Like, they were made to work with a D-pad or a keyboard, as we spoke about last week. And so I don't expect, like, people in their teens or early 20s to go back and go, this is pretty good. So I think you need to set your expectations going in. And if, I think I would only recommend it to people that had nostalgia yeah. going in. And speaking of that as well, like it's interesting when you boot up the game, you get a message that says the game is the games in this collection contain offensive depictions of people and cultures rooted in racial and ethnic prejudice. These stereotypes are deeply harmful, inexcusable, and do not align with our current values at Crystal Dynamics. Rather than removing the content, we've chosen to present it here in its original form, unaltered, in the hopes that we may acknowledge its harmful impact and learn from it. Wow. <sighs> I just, what, what do you, what do you make of that? Like, mm. I feel like, I feel like they maybe did, they took the maybe took the best course of action. I think if they had changed it, people would have been furious. That's what I, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, like, it, they're right not to remove any content because it just, that's not what the game was. Place and time. Yeah. Also, fuck off. Like, I mean, <laughs> most of the stuff, it's there's like, I think it's the first game, but there's like, I don't know, 
there's like indigenous people and they go and they're, they're portrayed to be cannibals or something like that. But that like it's a game, the, it's the, fantasy, it's not yeah. real. Like. And also the time period that this is set in, that is in history books that apparently that happened. Hmm. Like I don't know. Like this is this is it's Tomb Raider. One, it's an it's a piece of fiction, mm. and two, it's talking about people going back thousands of years. Mm. Like I'm sorry, is, is, is there a couple of them still hanging on, and they're offended? <laughs> like, who's, this, who's this offending? Maybe their ancestors. Who knows? But I, I'm glad they never changed it. Yeah, I think oh, there would have been 100%. an outcry about that. But I do also feel that had they said nothing, then you would be leaving yourself open yeah. to yeah, the section of people backs. online that would have went. Oh, <laughs> I've got a fucking story today. Yeah. So yeah, I think they, they did the right thing. They did the right thing. Yeah. Um, I also, I got a couple of Platinums. Uh, one in a game called Edge of Reality, uh, which is, it's just like a visual novel. It was all right. You, I think it's like £3. Get a Platinum in like 10, 15 minutes. We're sent a code for it. If you want a Platinum, this is a cheap way to get one. Like, I didn't stay for the story, I'll be honest. I never do with these sort of games. Like, I'm sure you can get up to one or two hours fun from it if you like this sort of thing. Not my bag. Happy for the Platinum. <laughs> Happy to, I don't know, recommend it if you would like a cheap Platinum. Uh, but yeah, that's all I can really say about that. The other game was called Detective Stella Porsche Case. Porta Case. And this one was a little bit more interesting. So... Again, it was maybe a couple of pounds and you had to investigate three murders. It's basic, it's very basic, but mm. the graphics were actually quite good. 3D graphics, you're walking about in first person and so at each crime scene you had to collect all the pieces of evidence and then you had to, with each one you had to go back to the police station and sort of put the pictures for each bit of evidence you took in a timeline that worked. And when it did, you went on to the next one. And then after you did the three, then there was a wee bit at the end that wouldn't spoil. Not that it was much of a story. But I don't know. I just... I do wonder if some of this was put together with, like, pre-rendered assets or AI or something like that. Because it actually looked pretty decent. But it was obviously pretty much a shovelware game. Mm. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd be interested. I mean, write in if anyone else has played this because I'm a little bit intrigued by it. Just, it was a little bit more than you would expect from this type of game in terms of visuals. The gameplay wasn't much. It is just a kind of walking simulator and you're picking up some stuff. But yeah, for the price, I would I would recommend this if you're looking for a platinum. And the last thing, I haven't brought this up the last couple of weeks, but I have been bought deep in Pez. 2021. See, this is the thing, because you're like talking about, oh, I've got so many games I need to play, and then I come downstairs or whatever, and you're sat playing PES. Oh I'm my like, god! You're always just playing PES. I can't. It's so good. And look, I've I've brought this up so many times in the podcast, but it's just so good, especially on PC with all the mods. It's just really, really good. To the point where I was like, I've played it so much recently that I was like, how many hours have I put into this? And so I'm just, I was just thinking just there, I'm just going to add it up. So I play 10 minute halves, right? So each game is, it's probably slightly more than 20 minutes, but we'll say 20 minutes just to make this less embarrassing. And so I started, I think it was three weeks ago, 
It was no more than three weeks ago. So 21 days, right? I'm on to my third season of Master League. Each season has... There's 38 league games. And then the second season in Europe, so that was another... 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 games. So, 38 times 2 plus 13. And there was a couple other games in there as well. So, I, I've started the third season, but we won't include that either because that's embarrassing. Uh, so, at minimum, 89 matches, 20 minutes a match. I've put at least... 30 hours in in the last that's a lot Craig yeah and I'm saying three I'm saying three weeks to be I don't know <laughs> make it seem better but it's aye, it's probably a little over two mm. and it's a game that's four years old but it's just it's fucking brilliant it really is and it's just, it's going to have to be brilliant for years to come because I don't think another football game is going to come out and be anywhere near as good as it. So it kind of has to be this good. But thankfully, it is. Mm. But what about yourself? What have you been playing? Not much, to be honest. And I'm kind of, I'm ready for another meaty game, shall I say. Mm. <laughs> um, I've just not quite decided what that is yet. Uh, I've given up with Persona three reloads bored of that didn't like it it was very strange that we were i don't know both sitting like on different levels of the house playing japanese games it was quite strange yeah so i've only really played a few little things um this week i've played more disney speedstorm obviously yep uh a little to the left which i think we spoke about Maybe last week or the week before. And releases, and new releases, yeah. Yeah, so it came to Game Pass, um, and it's been, I don't know, that it's marketed as a cosy puzzle game that you sort of sort, stack, and organise household items, which sounds weird, but that is basically what it is. Uh, there's also a mischievous cat that... I do like mischievous makes cats. ...makes an appearance and, yeah, causes a bit of chaos. But, yeah, you basically drag and drop objects to the correct places in various different scenarios. Um, so, for example, on one level there was like a row of books and you know, the spine of the book had like a pattern on it and then you had to make all the books line up to a pattern. Okay. And then there's another one where it was a calendar and I'm putting stickers on the calendar. I'm thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? Why am I spending my time sticking stickers on a calendar? It. Yeah. So, yeah. And the controller was quite fiddly, so I think there was something beginning about it being on mobile but I, I do think you really want like a touchscreen device to p- play this game because it'd be easier it does have a chill vibe soundtrack it's quite nice aesthetically albeit i feel like i probably could have made some of the assets myself on canva like it's quite yeah it does look very basic yeah, i would say so I, yeah i've bounced off now i got a bit bored of it so probably wouldn't recommend that one. A seventy-seven <laughs> on Open Critic. Like I remember here. It does get it does get progressively harder. It. Like the puzzles, and there was a few that I don't know. I, I did have to think about. Push Square gave it a fucking eight. They're handing out eights these days, by the way. Cheapers. Um. Yeah, I also then tried to play on the Quest Titanic. Yes. VR. 
Is that what it's called? A space between. Titanic, a space between. Um, so this is like a horror Titanic game. So. Yeah, you're trying to like escape the Titanic, but you've got there's puzzle elements to it. Yeah. And I suppose horror, kind of eerie horror elements as well. Yeah, so I loaded the game up and like you start like in the ship, which mm-hmm. is really cool, and the the water's already coming, so the sto- you know kind of explains the story as you go through it. Um, and you're walking down the corridor because you hear a noise and you're kind of going, and then there was a ghost right in my face, like so. Yeah. Which and I knew it was coming, so I, I actually. I, I did well. You I'm, held it together. I did, yeah. Good. Um, and then I was in a room. I was, yeah. Th- I think I was like the other because there's like two characters. I think mm-hmm. I was the other person. And then I was in a room doing things, and it was quite footy. Yes. Trying to move, like I don't know, like VR can be uh, janky. Was, yeah. Um, and it was quite like the best like of times. VR's janky. Like I had a TV remote that I'm trying to pick up, and I kept fucking dropping it on the floor. And I'm sitting down, so that way I'm I'm like punching the couch trying to pick it back up and it was just getting a bit frustrating. But to be honest, I I was a little bit disappointed in myself because I wanted to play more. You're a big Titanic fan. I do. And that's not the word. I wouldn't say I'm a fan of the Titanic. It's a horrible story, but the whole thing just fascinates me. No, I mean, you've got a book that's got the last stuff that died on it and stuff. (laughs) Just like a memoir. That's not true. I really want to go to Belfast though to the museum. But anyway, um, I felt horribly, horribly sick after. Hey, well, you're on a boat that's waving about and sinking. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, yes, compared yeah, to what it was worse for the people that were there. <laughs> so, so I'm told. Yeah, but then then that's probably the worst nausea I've ever felt off the back of being in VR. And I've th- heard a few people say the same. I think it's it. because of that. F- I don't know it that. that I mean, I I was like I was I was physically sitting on my couch, but then you ha- you do have to move around corridors, and I don't know yeah. whether it's just maybe that enclosed space and the movement that I don't know, but I feel awful after it, so I had to turn it off. So that's mm. as much as I got into it. Yeah, so I played a small amount of it as well. There is a review on the website from Mark, a good review. I would recommend going, giving that a read. He enjoyed it, but I think thought there was room for improvement. Mm-hmm. And from the small amount I've played, like yourself, like. I do think there was perhaps a bit of an issue with the nausea because I don't get that a lot and I was starting to, mm. like, when I get nauseous in VR, I tend to get, like, a hot flush. Like, I start to feel really warm and really not, like, I don't know, it, it kind of gets me that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't happen often and it was starting to happen. Um, I've heard that from other people as well, so I don't think it's isolated. Like, mm. It's weird because there's obviously loads of games that... I don't know, I'm thinking body combat, which is the thing I play most regularly, Beat Saber. Like, when stuff's coming at me, I'm fine. But when I'm moving and, like, I just I really struggle. Yeah, I think as well, though, like, in body combat, you are, like, moving. Whatever you move your head, it moves instantly. Yeah. And so it's just, like, a different viewpoint, but you're in the room. Whereas I feel like a lot of the time when it's... I don't know, you're walking down a corridor, you're expecting a wall to be there and a wall to be there, mm. but you know that it's not, so you're adjusting for that. And then if there is a slight delay when you move your head and the head moves, that can throw you completely off. And sometimes it can be so small that you don't necessarily recognise it. Perhaps, yeah. But it's your perception head, your it, head yeah. does. Um, yeah, I, I feel... Look, this game was made by two people. 
which, which is impressive. It's fucking for... incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the visuals are really good. Like it's, I mean, my god, like I couldn't make pong. The two of us couldn't mm-hmm. make pong, right? It's so the fact that two people have done this. It's fucking incredible. There is issues though. There's issues with manoeuvring objects. There's issues with getting stuck in the world. There's, I think, the game is held back a little bit by being a puzzle game, mm. and a little bit of a dull one at times but I get that they felt that they should make a game here Mm -hmm. but what is coming at the end I think it might be the end of February or it's certainly coming soon hopefully around the time when it's coming to PSVR and PC VR because at the moment it's just Quest 2 and 3 they're bringing an exploration mode and so it's just everything's open and you can just explore the Titanic now that sounds fucking cool. It does. I definitely think there's a, a massive market for it. Yes. Not not just the Titanic, but lots of World Heritage sites that... Yeah, it's virtual you know, tourism. It's yeah. superb. Like, it's one of these things where, like, I don't know, your old auntie comes over mm-hmm. and you're like, this is what gaming can do these days. Look at this. You can walk about the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Like, and apparently it's going to have an option where you can have it, like, sort of before things go wrong. Or you can then switch it on so that the water is starting to um, fill up yeah, as yeah. you're exploring. Yeah. And like you say, the, the visuals are really impressive. So it's going to be a marvel just walking about mm. and just getting to explore a really important and interesting piece of history. Obviously, mm. terrible what happened and stuff like that. But like, but yeah, I just find that fascinating. Mm. And like, I, like you say, I want them to do more of that. Like the, not necessarily this team, but I want recreations of stuff like that like I there think is a market a for it but then also i don't know from a from someone who works in the tourist tourism industry if people start not actually coming to the places it yes. will have a detrimental effect on income generation from that aspect <laughs> if they yeah, just do it virtually and don't actually come to the place yeah, and pay there is, to go there is know. downsides yeah there is downsides yeah it makes you it springs to mind of i'll just order it off amazon mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. all the shops are shut yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. That, yeah but and this and that we're, look we're not going to be able to go and visit the titanic when it's on water <laughs> so yeah do it for ones that are actually inaccessible that there's there's the market yeah that, do that that's fine yeah <laughs> and so yeah, while I would maybe recommend it just now, I would certainly recommend it after this exploration mode mm-hmm. appeals. Mm-hmm. But until then, yeah, check out the review on the website cool. for more. Okay, let's move on to this week's news. News, news, I was believing the news. We are bringing you the news with your digging team. Always So first up, From Software dropped a three-minute Elden Ring DLC trailer confirming a release date of June 21st. According to to Eurogamer, it's the biggest expansion the company has ever worked on and takes place in a brand new area of a brand new map, which includes a similar structure to the original game, field areas, legacy dungeons and other dungeons of varying scale. Is this something that you're going to jump back in for, Craig? It looks cool. Like they they sell you on a world mm-hmm. very well. Is there an easy mode? But <laughs> um no, I th- I think I maybe would at some point. The trailer got me interested, piqued my interest. It mm-hmm. made me consider like I wouldn't do it until I finished the actual game. Like I got like a third into the main game. I'm not gonna jump into the DLC until yeah, I went until I went yeah, back yeah. and finished that. 
but it did make me I don't know I've got a backlog that's about two miles long but seeing this trailer did make me in my head move Elden Ring further up that backlog okay yeah and so yeah I'm, I'm interested whether I'll ever get to it or not I don't know but huge news today I mean that was that was huge like everyone was talking about it folk were shitting their breeks there was I think the pre-order page like crashed at one point as well because so many folk were on oh, it for the special edition something like that yeah yeah I'm not surprised yeah um, Nintendo held its first direct showcase of the year and it was dedicated to third party games coming to Switch in 2024. They confirmed, as we've already sort of mentioned, two out of the four Xbox games that are going multi platform, so Grounded and Pentiment. Everybody act shocked. We didn't know about that. <laughs> Brand new information. Um, Just makes you go, why didn't they say it last week? Yeah. I mean, Giving them a slight bit of credit, maybe they didn't want... Maybe they did a deal with Nintendo where Nintendo got to announce it, but they only announced two of them. Yeah. So... And there was also speculation that this... Pentiment's coming out tomorrow, This direct was actually pushed back because of the podcast. Like, I don't know. They didn't want to bury it in the Xbox. You know what I mean? But Which why? is fucking hilarious because they were both that underwhelming as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were... Both of <laughs> them happened, you're like... Fucking hell, I, I spent time in this. Yeah, yeah. So Pentiment is out now. Well Grounded will be released on April 16th. Obsidian Entertainment also did reveal in a blog post that both these games will arrive on PS4 and PS5 on the same days as well. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. I'm all over Pentiment. Um, Sega announced that a new Super Monkey Ball franchise entry is coming exclusively to the Switch on June 25th. It's called Super Monkey Ball Banana Rumble. I've previously enjoyed a Super Monkey Ball game, Mm -hmm. so maybe. Yeah, looked okay. Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection is out March 14th. Uh, That's coming. Really, really just fucking tugging the others with these Star Wars games, aren't they? Yeah, that's PC, PlayStation, Xbox as well. Epic Monkey. Not Epic Monkey. Epic Mickey Rebrushed is coming out sometime this year. Uh, It's the 2010 platformer that was on the Wii. Right. Did that tickle your pickle? Because you quite like Disney. So I never played the Wii version, mm-hmm. but it jogged my memory of a Disney like paint game on PC. Okay. And I, well, I had to go through back through the archives, and it was co- I found out it was called Disney's Magic Artist. Did you ever play that? No. No. It was basically like a paint. Right. Program on. Where you could just use your mouse to paint. Yeah, like, but color like color in. Basically, right. Basically, yeah, it was like ninety nine nine. Come on, okay. um, but then it also made That's me think got of re-release with platinum written all over it. Mm, don't know. I don't know if it was a game though. If it was just here's some clip art and you can Aye. make a picture. But do you remember Kid Picks as well? It was oh, a- that rings a bell. It was apples like paint from way back when. Right. But I remember you could do like cool rainbow things. What was it called? Kid Picks. Picks with an X. Still sounds. I know. Rated, I don't. I don't remember it being called fuck. that, but I maybe just didn't acknowledge what it was called. Um, but as an adult, that sounds devious. <laughs> Does it even actually? Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. a name that would be used in twenty twenty four without no. the feds appearing. No. Um, 
Anyway, more on the Nintendo Direct. There was Endless Ocean Luminesque. Uh, that comes out May 2nd. Uh, it's like a scuba diving adventure game and it's like a sequel. I don't know. Yeah, I think right. that I think that was another wee Remember that game. scuba diving game that came out last year? More like, oh, that looks really good. And then it wasn't. I didn't play it. Oh, yeah. The reviews sort of said it would be good if it didn't have bugs. Maybe it doesn't have bugs now. Yeah, I'll try. Um, we already knew South Park Snow Day is coming to PC, PS5 and Xbox Series, but uh, it's also coming to... Mark, it's all because it's coming to Switch. Just when you thought you couldn't be less excited for this fucking game, they're like, surprise, it's shit enough to run on the Switch. Brilliant. Yeah. <sighs> Unicorn, what an abomination. Unicorn Overload from Sega is coming March 8th. If it caught your eye, there's a demo out now. Monster Hunter Stories, which was originally released on Nintendo DS, is coming. The remake is fully voiced, has updated HD graphics and includes a new museum feature. So that'll be summer of this year. World of Goo 2. Okay. Sticky puzzler, Craig. I'm, cling- actually, I'm fucking clinging on to life To be honest, here, right, way, this, this is May 23rd for that one, but I was actually a little bit interested in that one. It looked like a... F- it did look like a fun little puzzle game. I think the first one's actually meant to be quite yeah, decent. Yeah, so I might check out the first one and assess the situation. Uh, another Crab's Treasure, that's April 25th. There was a few others like there was that I'm not going to mention, but I, it was, it was a, I don't know, there's not much for me, to be honest. There was one game called Pepper Grinder, which is coming out at the end of March 28th. And there's a demo for that. So I have downloaded the demo and I have played like the first couple of levels that are there. And it's actually quite good okay. so far. Um, obviously, it remains to be seen how it progresses, but it, I was enjoying what I was playing of that. Okay. Um, that okay. World of Goo, the first game, got an 85, by Did the way. Yeah. Noted for the fantasy so, critic. So the, the sequel is maybe not to be scoffed <laughs> at, but I, I just to remove all absence of doubt, I didn't watch this direct. You might have got that mm-hmm. from my mm-hmm. lack of involvement. You're just such a big n- Nintendo so far, fan, Craig. I, I skipped this. Not intentionally, I just completely forgot it was on, even though I got a 15 minute warning. And I am not upset that mm. I didn't watch it. Yeah, it was poor. Um, but it was, to be fair, it, it, it was what we kind of knew it was going to be. It was like a. Yeah, it's a partner direct. Uh-huh. It's interesting, it's always the same after a Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo Direct I went on Twitter and there's like a couple of people who like I can't fucking believe I just wasted 20 minutes of my life I'm billing Nintendo for this time that was a fucking disgrace and then the very next tweet's like oh my god they announced everything that I wanted I can't believe this I got this little machine and it just does everything I just oh my god I fucking pre-ordered South Park twice because I'm so excited <laughs> Just, I don't know. Nintendo fans are fucking weird. Mm. Yeah, we just we just need this Super Switch at this Give point. Give us a though. Super Switch. Give us a new, new Mario Kart game mm-hmm. and a 3D Mario game. Mm-hmm. Then we can talk. Yeah. Also, get an achievement system. That also, yes. Yeah, so there were rumours, I think, that... I mean, we obviously, we've had no information about the Super Switch. But there was rumours that it has been delayed. From... Which wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But we don't actually even have any confirmation that it was going to be this year, so... No, it was just sort of reports that yeah. it was going to be this year. So, yeah. But they'll all just be saying plans changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so moving on, Sega revealed last year during the Game Awards that they have a number of games in development or being remade, Crazy Taxi being one of them. In a recent interview with the Japan Times, Sapporo Studio President Takeya Segawa said the upcoming new game in the series will be a triple A game. Craig, a triple A Crazy Taxi. Uh, there's also been a string of posts from Twitter user Midori with some further claims that, quote, there are plans for live events, collaborations and customizations. The current plan is to create a live service games as a service reboot, as well as a remake of the original Crazy Taxi. And also that there's going to be a hundred person survival mode. What are your thoughts on that if such rumours materialise? So, first of all, there's no point in a crazy taxi game having triple A production values. <laughs> it's a game, like, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, I don't know what they mean by that. I just think they mean it's going to look nice. Maybe that's all they mean, which fine. I mean, but, what, what is the definition of triple A at this point in time? I'm putting a lot of fucking money behind it, but it doesn't need it. It's a yeah. fucking taxi delivery game. Like, that, that's not what they need. They need really fucking good mechanics, really fucking fun, modish driving. Mm. In an interesting world, like don't overcomplicate things. No. The, interestingly, and I, I don't know. You would think I would hate this, but the hundred-person game mode sounds quite cool. I was gonna say, like, I'm on board with it because I think like, it it would present a, a unique challenge. Like, I mean, obviously, we don't know necessarily what it entails, but instantly my mind just started kind of going, "Oh, what could this be?" And I'm like. Yeah, if if you can have a map big enough that you have a hundred cars starting in it, and it's like you each get a different passenger to drop off at a different place, but it is the same distance. I suppose it have to be. It's the same distance, but it's I don't know a different direction or whatever. And it's each time the slowest person drops off, or the slowest two mm. people drop off, and it keeps dropping down, 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 down. Like, I would have thought it'd be, be really a bit cool. more like realistic in that somebody phones for a taxi and the quickest person to get there to turn up gets the points. I mean, there'll be probably multiple well, yeah. happening around in a city kind of thing, but yeah, so obviously just bit, you're trying to score the most points or do the most deliveries kind of thing. Right? Yeah, I, th- I think it will sort of evolve into that, but I just wonder how you start it. Mm. Because to start with, like, if they just drop... So usually what it would be is you would pick up a fare and then take them somewhere. Uh-huh. Pick up a fare and take them somewhere. Oh, here's more rhymes. Yep. Wait, just, is Andy here yet for the rap? No. Just going to double check. Andy is still missing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, if it's just random, then I suppose it could be a case of, well, that's your luck. But if they don't start the first round fairly, then me and you could both jump in and there could be a fare... 50 yards from me but you've got to travel two miles mm. and then you're fucking out <laughs> even if you're a better driver so i feel like it will devolve into that where it will be and that will be really cool because it will be a case of oh there's a guy over there but if i and you'll drive over there but somebody will get the fare just before you yeah. and you'll be like motherfucker where's yeah. the next one there's where's a shortcut if you take this route uh-huh. like whatever, yeah. Yeah. which sounds fucking awesome to yeah, be fair definitely. like i like online stuff like that where you don't the the problem I have online is interacting with these people, right? <laughs> See all these like fucking Dorito munching virgins. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. But if I don't have, if I can, or just, children, that is the thing. And I, yeah, aye, it's 
fucking dangerous individuals online, right? I'm a humble podcaster. <laughs> just trying to make my way in life. <laughs> right? And so if I can just turn off mic, not have to listen to people going across their mic and just play, sounds pretty cool. Mm. I'm definitely on board for this. Yeah, same. My worry with it, my other worry with the whole AAA thing is that is it going to take longer now? Excuse mm. it. Yeah, that's true. Also, just before we move on, can we take a moment to appreciate a little bit like Doug Bowser in that the studio president um, of the Sapporo Games, who are Sega, yep. he's called Takeya Segawa. Like, he's literally got Sega in his name. And I looked him up. So he joined Sega in 1992 as a designer for Sega CS1, beginning his career with a pitch for a Mega Drive, which was cancelled. But, I mean, did he just go, my name's Sega, I should probably work for this company? I like to think that, like, I don't know, in Japan, they identify these people with funny names, early doors, <laughs> and they bring them in and train them up. Yeah. So they're then able, like that. That I like to think that boy was earmarked in 1992 for the top role, yeah. but the lot we have to bring him in and nurture him. It's almost like when you get like an under tens at like Man United or something like that. Do you know what I mean? You bring them in, you're like, ah, the guy might be shite, but we just we can teach him. Mm-hmm. He's got the name. Yeah, we can teach him because it's starting to become a trend now. Yeah, I mean that's been like 30 decades because it was like 2021 that Sapporo Studios was formed. So. And he's worked since 1992. Well, I'll tell you something. Bob Xbox would do a much better job than <laughs> Phil Spencer. <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, okay, next up in the news. Little Devil Inside lives, kind of. Um, so this week, developer Neostream released a six-minute video showing clips of the game running on Real Engine 5 alongside an important message for their Kickstarter funders. It talks of a studio that grew in order to create Little Devil Inside but is now back to a, quote, smaller bonded team in search of a publisher. Um, There's a quote here that says, all of our core founding and starting members still here with the duty and conscience to fulfil what we set out to do. We know this doesn't and shouldn't justify for all the delays and lack of news but we're still here, have been and always will be. The game was first announced through a Kickstarter campaign in 2015 with a release window of fall 2016. Since then, it's had numerous delays despite being rebranded and a timed PlayStation exclusive and shown during the PlayStation 5 reveal event in 2020. It was backed by over 5,000 people on the Kickstarter campaign, raised 306,515 Aussie dollars by its completion. So the Kickstarter folk have taken this well. They have, well, yeah, so I, the, I looked at the, the post that they put out um, on the Kickstarter and then there's like options for comments below and uh, the first should, one... Should have turned those off. Huh? Yeah, the first one I saw, Halo Boy, absolute piss poor excuse. This is not a single reason, there is not a single reason to justify how you can communicate just a small, we're still here over the last four years of silence since the last update sent here. Uh, we underst- understood the shift in project with Sony and the upgrade to new engine. It would would have taken such little effort to communicate the status of the project, which absolutely fair enough. Like, why they didn't just say something? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but, uh, I mean, do you know what I think? So, his name's Halo Boy, right? 
probably an Xbox fan. Yeah. He says here, we understand the shift in the project with Sony, do you? Sounds like you're still maybe a little bit mad that it's not coming out on your console first. <laughs> I'm back this fucking thing and now I need a PlayStation to play it. Yeah. And this other one, Mech Pilot says, it's been a decade, it's over, it's done, give it up. You've already pulled the scam on all of us. Trust long gone it was literal brackets years of radio silence um so yeah i don't know i feel like they the development team have lost a lot of their kickstarter fans um due to the the sort of length of time that it's taken here but i watched the six minute trailer and it i am intrigued like I loved every minute of the six minutes they showed. Yeah, I'm I just... like, oh, oh, okay. I'm not entirely sure what the game is or what you do, but... So they've said it's got survival elements, but they're quite light on survival elements. Like, it's not, don't worry, you're not going to, like, be, I don't know, fucking cutting the cutting the arse off a pig for a slice of bacon to yeah. like get through the night and stuff right. like that. Okay. Like, it's quite light. It's like, make a fire. Okay. But you won't die of fucking the cold if you don't. Okay, I see. Um... I really like the look of it. I, like you, I'm not a hundred percent sure fully what it is, but I th- like the art style. I really like, really, really like. I really like the world. I really like. I oh, just, I don't know. I mean, if this comes out, I'd, I'd pick it up day one. Yeah, I think it looks really cool. I'm still not convinced that it will. Come I know out. that's the thing. Um... They say that they're looking for a publisher. Like it's almost ready. But, I don't know. I mean, for a game that was originally supposed to come out in 2016, I know it's went through a massive overhaul since then. It's probably an entirely different game. I don't so even think it, I saw that trailer. So it was originally started on Unity Engine, then mm. they moved to Unreal, Unreal Engine 4, and obviously this is now 5. Yeah, so. you can tell it's Unreal Engine 5 as well. It looks shit hot. I, I, I like it. I, I really like the look of it. I'm pulling for it. I want it to do well. Like I, At the same point, though, I do get the Kickstarter comments, like if I had backed this thing in 2015 and survived through a pandemic, I'd be wanting a fucking return on my investment. Yeah. And Halo boys get no chance. <laughs> yeah, their um, their statement was quite like kind of I don't know a bit poetic and quite kind of cryptic in what they said, but it does seem like there's probably been like internal conflict and they've oh, had yeah. to. Kind they've, of, they've clearly ramped up, ran out of money, ramped down. Aye, like folks started fighting or having. I think yeah. I can't remember. They they worded it in such a way. They that had to like, clarify that their uh-huh. core team is remains yeah. the ones that had division. The They're all still there. It was yeah. just the folk that were helping out and stuff. But yeah. I don't know. Like all, all that stuff may be true, but I still think you have to be more transparent with the audience, mm-hmm. especially an audience that has put money down on the table to fund what you've been doing for 10 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, Like, that's not fair to not... Like, essentially, like if they don't have a publisher yet and stuff like that, like they have been living off of the money that people have gave them to make this game. Mm. And so I can, like, being silent for about two... I think it's more than two years now. Like, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And I thought there was... I remember there was very lax rules in Kickstarter, but I thought that they shored them up a bit where you sort of were forced into like updates mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because essentially what you've done there is taking people's money and went, we'll maybe produce something at some point. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. But I mean, if this comes out, I'm in. I'm in. I think it looks really fucking cool. 
Uh, next up, Capcom. They love a good pre-release demo and fans think they have found evidence of one for Dragon's Dogma 2 ahead of its launch next month. An update to the PC version on Steam apparently now brings up an extra app that's listed as, quote, free on demand. This is supposedly the text associated with the demo's upload to the digital marketplace. Due to that, a Dragon's Dogma 2 demo is thought to be on the way, potentially for consoles as well. That'd be quite cool. I never played the first game. Heard it was good. The second game looks quite cool. So I'm all for it. I'm all for as many demos for games as possible. Like I would I'd love a demo for every game so that you could sample it. Mm-hmm. So so yeah. And like it says there that Capcom do have a good a good history of putting out demos, so hopefully we'll get one. They'll need to be quick about it though, because it's due out on the twenty second of March, so one month away. Be cool as well if they did something where your progress carried over. I do see, especially in like a big RPG like this, I feel like that's a really good hook. Mm-hmm. Where like, okay, give us the first two. Hours. If you're confident in the game, give us the first two hours, and maybe after that two hours, if you can go, you know what, that left over my cliffhanger. I had built my character a wee bit. If I buy the game, I can just continue on from where I left off. I feel like that's a really good hook for games like this. Mm. And I think that would go a long way. Yep. Um, And lastly, for the news, there was a video that briefly went live on Bethesda's Latin American YouTube channel before being made private. It was announced that Hi-Fi Rush will be coming to PlayStation 5 on March 19th, 2024. This news has been confirmed by Xbox and Bethesda with a limited physical release also planned. Again, yeah. Like, we sort of knew this was coming. It's the four games we expected. We did speak about this earlier. Interestingly, so before we started recording, I put up on Twitter of these four games Mm -hmm. that are coming, PlayStation fans, are you interested in any of them? Are you interested in none of them? What's your thoughts? And so we did get quite a lot of responses. And to my disgust, I think one person mentioned Pentiment. <laughs> Fucking. You maybe just haven't shouted about it enough, what Craig. I, That's... What I think is that our followers clearly do not have enough education behind them to realise what a good game this is. Mm-hmm. It's fucking phenomenal. Okay. Play the fucking game. But I did think it was interesting that a lot of them actually did say Hi-Fi Rush. Mm. It was between Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves. A lot of people uh, had said that they had like maybe friends that play Sea of Thieves, so they're hoping they can jump on with their pals, obviously cross-play. And so there was a couple that weren't interested at all. Um, like one of our followers, <laughs> it's always a good laugh, Jelly Belly 100 who is at PSN Jelly Belly. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a hint here. Uh, nope, absolutely zero interest. Not just in these four, but everything but everything made by them. If I had any interest at all, I'd have bought a Series S years ago. They could literally put every single exclusive on PS5 tomorrow and I wouldn't buy a single game. <laughs> I was like, that's that's the stance. There you go. You gotta appreciate someone that's just like that. no anything that's got that fucking Xbox logo on it, get it to fuck. But um for the most part, yeah, I think 
I was actually quite surprised. I was expecting more of that, but there was only maybe two comments like that, and a lot of them were, aye, yeah, hi-fi rush, sea of thieves, couple for grounded. But, um, but yeah, I, I sort of, we spoke about this from Pure Dead PlayStation, but I was under the impression, or I was of the mind that both Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush would not sell well at all on PlayStation. But I don't know. It's a very small sample size, but it has reaffirmed my thoughts about Pentiment while making me a little bit more bullish maybe on Hi-Fi Rush. Maybe it will, because it is a good game. They're both good games. So maybe it will find an audience there. Yeah, I was just interested in the the, the pricing, but um, at currently they're not listed on the Nintendo eShop, so I cannot confirm how much they are. Um, but I believe on Xbox, Pentiment's like fifteen ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine, something like that, yep. and Hi-Fi Rush, what, about 30 30 pounds, yeah. 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 So I expect it'd be kind of similar, but yeah, I suppose it's one of those things like, you know, I'd, these aren't console-selling games, but if there are enough games you're right you would probably just have bought a series s at some point because you know they were 200 pound at some point so i don't know when i do the girl math in my head like oh jelly belly makes sense like yeah. i'm not gonna go out i'm like there's there's nothing wrong with you just like, i don't want your fucking games fuck off like but I, I just i was i was impressed by how many people were like yeah i'm, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to this i didn't think it would be as many mm-hmm. Um, whether that equates to sales straight away, I don't know. That's I mean, it's there's one thing saying, yeah, I'm interested in Hi-Fi Rush and then dropping 30 quid on it. Yeah, when there's a lot of other things that are yeah. coming But out. then, like, with the Nintendo Switch, you've got, what, 130 million out in the wild? Or, well, they've sold 130 million, maybe they break like fucking toffee. But you've got a lot, you've mm-hmm. got a lot of Switches out in the wild. And... As we saw with that Nintendo Direct, there's fuck all of consequence coming. So, Hi-Fi Rush does start to I mean, yeah, pretty appealing. Ground, grounded and Pentiment were the two highlights of that. I thought so. Um, direct. Yeah, I mean, Pentiment, ideal on a on a system like that. Mm. Like, I'll be doing it on PlayStation for the trophies. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing that on Switch, but, I mean, it's ideal on the Switch. Absolutely. What a fucking game. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, I think you've sold everyone enough on that one. I don't think I so have. I'm go- no, I'm going to end the news. I'm going to start a campaign. Oh, we've got an update from Andy. Oh, before we crank into crank, let's let's hear it. Is He's it not- is it podcast worthy? <laughs> Fuck me! Did I not say? <laughs> no, clearly not. <laughs> I'm unable to come this week. Heather has taken me away to Creef for a few days. Oh wow. I thought I said, mate, sorry if I forgot. Well, Andy, you've got an entire message thread where you can see what you've messaged me <laughs> in the last week and you can see that it's not fucking there. So, no, you have me. Wow. So he's away on holiday. He's Fuck fucked it. off on holiday. Cream egg dodging bastard. <laughs> ask him what he thought of Crank and we'll just read it out as well. I'm going to ask him what he's been up to for the last five hours. That's some fucking session getting your hole in it. Can't even look at his phone. <laughs> like, sorry, mate, I've just come up for air. Uh, Been fucking riding away for four hours now. I'm red raw. It's time to move on to our gaming... Mo- no, it's not a gaming movie either, is it? I always say that and it's never... 
It's because it was a game and movie for I so know. long and it's not now, I it's know. just a movie. So it's our review. Mov- our movie section. Movie um, review. Review, yes. This week we watched... Dangerously close to getting a sack, yeah. <laughs> this week we watched Crank. It was a one-man band thereafter. No Andy, no Jess. I know. Andy, fuck it off, has really <laughs> saved your skin this week. <laughs> um, okay, so we watched Crank, which follows the adrenaline fueled journey of Hitman... What's his name? Chev? Chev? Chev Chelios. Is that Which is quite the name. Uh, yeah. They call him Chelios most of the time. Okay. Um, so yeah, played by Jason, Jason Statham, who I find his heart, name hard to say as well. I think it's the st- the Jace and then the st gets me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, he wakes up to find that he's been injected with a deadly Chinese synthetic drug that inhibits his adrenaline production. Uh, with limited time to live, he embarks on a frenzied quest through the streets of LA to exact revenge on those who poisoned him and find an antidote to save his life. As his heart rate rises, he must keep his adrenaline pumping through increasingly extreme means, including engaging in high-speed car chases, violent confrontations, and even public sex acts, while trying to stay one step ahead of his adversaries and the inevitable crash that will end his life. How, yes. did, how did you feel about this game, about this film, Craig? It's, and it's over-the-top action sequences. So I've seen this film a few times, and... I remember thinking this was not one of my favourite Jason Statham films. Which, in terms of like overall rating and a lot of people that I know, that goes against the grain because mm. they fucking love it. I just... And I felt this way watching it this time as well. I did enjoy it. I like the formula, Jason Statham beating up shit. Like... It's a good formula. It works. We watched a film recently that he did that in. I can't remember what it's called now because it's just a Jason Statham action film. Yep. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know the name of it. Yeah. Um, But I feel like with this one, it's just a little bit too ADHD for me. Like, it's, it's intentional, obviously, the way it's filmed. Kind of guerrilla position where you're like I don't know there's a camera right in front of his face and it's just following him and it's almost like it's obviously not handheld camera but it, it's made to sort of seem more raw and more visceral mm. but I just found it a little bit and I, I have in previous times as well just find it a little bit headache inducing like I prefer it more produced I prefer the better angles like mm. It was just, there's too many jump cuts, there's too many, I don't know, I just found it too schizophrenic. Yeah, one of the write-ins we got was from Flying Taco, who said, I remember this film being a total thrill ride, a, two, a 2024 rewatch made my head hurt with all the jump cuts. So yeah, I suppose like, you're saying like the film's kind of stylized visuals, dynamic camera work and that kind of, I don't know, kinetic edit- editing was yeah, just, just, just off too much. There was like, I don't know, like this is a reference that Andy would have got if he'd bothered turning up, but you won't. Yeah. But <laughs> there's a guy, Kevin Dunn, who is a producer for WWE and his thing is, like see when guys run down and do a beatdown, he just keeps changing the angle every two seconds, literally every two seconds, because it looks more frantic the beatdown, but it just fucking makes me go, what is going on? Do we need to slow down? And I felt like this was that in film form. Like, I just, 
I don't know. I don't know. Like, the premise is obviously absolutely fucking mental. And, like, they just keep referring to it as the Chinese shit. And it's obviously, it's quite funny after COVID as well. Like, oh, he's been given this <laughs> Chinese shit. <laughs> now he's going to die. Um, but he's Jason Statham, so you can't kill him. And he just seems to get harder. Weird. And, and then he has to obviously put that somewhere, which is inside Amy Smart. Yes, we'll come to that. Um, where do you think this sort of ranks in terms of his best movies then? Like, because this is fairly, this is what, 2006? So, I don't know, I'm, I'm just trying to think of this before or after, like, if she's got the Transporter series, Snatch, Block was... Suckham, Two Smoking Barrels, Talon Job, Expendables, like... So, I think, this is off the top of my head, I think this was in between the Transporter films. It was after Transporter 1, and it was, so it was either between Transporter 1 and 2, or 2 and 3, I believe... Um, for me though this ranks quite low mm. like I don't think it's a bad film and I would watch it again and I have watched it multiple times but I don't know like if you're talking about The Beekeeper by the way was the film we watched recently Oh yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it it's Jason Statham kicking the shit out of people and it's pretty fucking good it's actually I mean The Beekeeper I think is better than Crank yeah so this was my first watch of Crank I believe I thought I'd seen it before but it turns out I don't think I had um, I, I yeah, it it is what I expected. Um, it was very fast paced. I think. Um, it's between this is between transporter two and three. That's okay. that is sort of what I thought. Like looking at his films, like Lockstock, much better. Snatch, much better. Mean Machine, I would even say. I prefer that too. I know a lot of people probably wouldn't go along with that. Transporter, better film. Italian Job, better film. Um, can't really remember Cellular. I should have seen it though. Um, probably two out of the three Transporter films are better. Preferred The Bank Job. Um, Expendables got a bit long in the tooth, but the first one was decent. And then you've got obviously like Spy. Spy's a fantastic oh, film. Really good, yeah. Maybe not the main character in that. He's like one of the main characters, but I mean that's a fucking phenomenal film. Um Yeah, I mean you've got Meg, the big shark. Oh yeah. That's not better, right? But it's got a shark in it and it's still alright. So yeah, I don't know. It, it would be in the lower half for me of these big films. Mm. Whereas I know for a lot of people this ranks like near the top. Oh really? And I like the premise. Like the guy he just has to keep doing more drugs. To stay alive, he has to have well, sex with his missus in the no, middle of the street to stay alive. See, this is where I'm like, he doesn't have to do that. Oh, it's ridiculous. This, the things that he does, like I don't know, his reckless, reckless behaviour isn't necessarily justified given the situation. Because, like, he, yes, he needs that adrenaline, but there's various ways you can get that. Having sex in the middle of the street is not my preferred way of getting. A, but it works for a, a film. <laughs> It works for a Jason Statham action it does. film. It does, yes. It's different. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I like the components. Like, I don't know. Like, it's absolutely... I mean, the whole film is fucking ridiculous. Even for a Jason Statham film, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, but I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with, like, he's just taking all the drugs he's like when they're like take a hundred take what is it that that needle that's yeah. got like 500 mil in it or something like that, mm. or five mil and they're like take one and he's like 
full thing and his heart's about to explode like I'm okay I'm on board with that level of nonsense but it's how it's presented mm-hmm. to me like I just I I just didn't like the presentation of it okay what was your kind of favourite scene then and why I think the sort of mini rampage he goes on after that injection. See when he takes like the full thing. So and the kind of hospital just... escape. Yeah, part. like I, I just yeah. I thought that was really good because it was like you were like, holy shit, his heart's going to explode, and it's just like a man struggling to get that energy out. And I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like during that scene there was like a little bit of it would hang on the same camera angle for more than two seconds. Mm-hmm. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. Probably yourself, the, the public sex scene. <laughs> I was just going, why? Why are they doing that? Like, that is just, uh, yeah. It's the fact that she's raging that he's, what, you do it? At first, yeah. Yeah, and, and she's basically saying, get off me. Uh, she's like, get off me, get off me. Everyone else round about doesn't at any point go, this is a rape. They just go, <laughs> oh. I wonder if she'll come around. <laughs> then and then start participating and yeah, watching. Like then she does come around and they're going at it and everybody's like a fucking cheerleading squad cheering them on. Then he leaves and then she's raging that he hasn't finished. Yeah. But again, in the context of the film, okay. like I mean, the man fucking falls out a helicopter. Hmm. And spoilers, there's a crank too. Well, so it's not the stupidest thing that happens. <laughs> that's the thing. Crank high voltage came out in 2009. No, 2009. Because the first one was quite low voltage. Uh, 2009. And the sequel picks up immediately after the events of the first film, with Chev surviving his fall from a helicopter. Yeah. But he has his heart replaced with an artificial one. That's right, yeah. That requires constant electrical jokes to keep him alive. So, you know, if it wasn't batshit crazy, crazy in this one, yeah, the, the second film I think I've only seen once because it's worse than the first one. And I feel like I'm being quite negative here. I did like the film. I like any Jason Statham action film. But they're just proper switch your brain off mm. and enjoy 90 minutes. And so, apart from obviously like some like snatch and stuff like that that are higher tier. Yes. But he's, he's general action film. Um, But with the second one, yeah. I mean, I remember... Seen, I saw the first one, at the, I saw both of them at the cinema. And so I remember the first one ended and I was like, oh, one and done, it's decent, didn't like the, the direction, but all right. Crank 2 is coming out. What the fuck, Crank 2? And I remember having conversations with like Castles and a couple of my pals and being like, what the fuck are they going to do for a Crank 2? So we all fucking rock up to the cinema and it starts. And it's the exact same angle from my memory, maybe I'm remembering slightly wrong, with his head on the side of the pavement. And he just blinks again and blinks again. And then either someone picks him up and takes him somewhere or he gets back up. And yeah, then they go and put this this sort of replacement heart in him. Which, to be fair with that, I mean, ridiculous, obviously. But at least it's probably the least ridiculous thing you could do because the heart can't just keep going. But the fact that he survived this fall, it's just... I think they didn't expect the first film to do so well. And when it did, they were like, fuck it. Yeah. Let's just keep going. Write it in some way. Um, bit of feedback. Amy said Statham has one hour to live. I'd like two hours of my life back. Oh, so. It was only about 90 minutes. Come on. 
And R2... Apologies for that. Apologies for your wasted time, Amy. R2D Bag said, I'd be up for another doc or two if it's in the right context, but overall I prefer films, whether good or bad, that we can laugh at. So. Oh, that was in response to last week, yeah. I like yeah. the name, R2D Bag. Um, yeah, well, you might get your wish then, because we haven't got anything as of yet for next week. We've been sort of hoping that Blood and Honey 2 would appear, but don't know quite what's going on with that. So it was supposed to release on Valentine's Day, obviously, because it's Blood and Honey. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but <How> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but on the 14th, two, review- two user reviews popped up, mm-hmm. right? Each one written worse than the last, right? Both of the the user reviews have to be written by a four-year-old child <laughs> or someone with a serious impairment, right? They're, it's bad. And both of them gave it a 10 out of 10. Right. But there's been no other reviews than that. And IMDb now has the release instead of 14th of February as expected March. Hmm. Which in one hand makes me think, oh, it hasn't come out. But on the other hand, it seems like these two numpties have seen it and they're definitely not film critics because they don't know what a fucking full stop is. So I'm confused. I am confusion. Yeah. We will monitor the situation, obviously. Quick for me tells me nothing further, so yeah. Yeah, the first week it's available, it's getting watched, Obviously. obviously. But until then, we'll release whatever the next film is going to be on Twitter later this week. Okay, yes, we shall consult with Andy. Now that we know he's alive. Yeah. And had his hole. <laughs> yeah. Okay, before we wrap things up, just to let you know if you're interested, there's a Pokemon Presents live stream celebrating Pokemon Day. Yes. On the 27th of February. Oh, it's it's at, too late to book it off. I mean, maybe it's at 2pm. It is within the work day. <sighs> need to make arrangements. Mm-hmm. Before next week's podcast, though. Yep, exactly. Special section. <laughs> Um, if you want to be involved in next week's episode then head to the link in the description where you can complete our little feedback form if you don't already give us a follow on our social channels please it helps all the links are in the episode description and until then bye bye